The views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheel buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, riding shotgun with me, my co-host, Jim Mooney from Frontier Towing for all of your towing needs. We are talking shop, but before I get into talking shop, Tucson Speedway, I have four family packs of four for the first four callers. This is a trunk and treat at five o'clock for the kids. And it also is a final points race of the season. It will be a good show because everybody running points is going to show up to try to pick up another couple of points to figure out how the championship's going to go. But that's tonight at Tucson Speedway and it's trunk or treat night because it's the last night before the uh, Halloween, and they had won the last race, and it was very successful. Kids had a ball. And so it's trunk and treat night at 5 o'clock for the kids, and it's a final points race of the season. It will be a good show for the callers, one through four, the first four callers. The phone number is 520 1490. Get these tickets. The weather's going to be perfect. It's going to be a beautiful show tonight. And for the ones of you that are do-it-yourselfers on the weekend, Merle's Auto has a machine shop at 15 West Ajo, 520-807-4010. They do rotors, flywheels, and drums. They can turn them for you today. So if you're working on your brakes or doing a clutch job and need this service, give Merrill's a call at eight at five two zero eight oh seven four zero one zero. And they can get that handled for you. You know, but call them first. You don't know how busy they are or what kind of turnaround time they've got on it. But uh it'll work out for you. You'll be happy. All right. The first hour we were talking about uh, driving habits, the do's, the don't, what what can possibly keep you safe out on the road. And anybody that has any questions on that, or if you want to uh, hear it, you can also go back and pick it up on um, 
the Simmons Car Care Show, ESPNTucson.com, and you can pull it out of the archives, and you can find out what we said about that because it's it's lengthy, and it takes a, it takes just about the amount of time we spent on it to cover it all. Um, it is summer uh, winter time. Uh, there's a lot of people going different places. There's a lot of people going hunting, and for you hunters out there, are you ready for it? Do you have your equipment inspected? Do you have your trailers, wheel bearings packed? Do you Have you checked your lighting, your plug-ins? Have you checked your tow vehicle out? Have you Are you using it on a regular basis? Do you maintain it regular? Because you're going to be out in no man's land when you go hunting. For the people running up in snow country for skiing, get, re- get ready. Have your vehicle winterized if it's not already. Make sure everything is covered. Make sure that you don't have any water leaks or anything could get you in trouble because you're going to be up there in no man's land too. So if you make sure your tires are good, make sure your spare tires up, make sure that you have a blanket for you ski travelers. If you're traveling on the road, it's good to carry some water, blankets, and some food with you while you're out. Figure on something for about 24 hours as far as food. And that should keep you out of trouble. You got anything you want to add to that, Jim? Yeah, if you're out there by yourself. Um, I, you know, I was having this conversation with um, a couple of guys from AT&T yesterday. AT&T does... Um, has what's called the FirstNet program, which is they give to, they allow first responders to use their service. And the, the responders, first responders on the AT&T network um, are allowed to have um, uh, priority cell phone usage. So, for example, I'm a member because, well, towing our respond, first responders. So what happens is, is if there's a major crisis and your um, your their phone the cell phones are all jammed up. Mine still works because because I pay for the extra privilege. And the conversation we were having was well about running out of water when you're hiking, and they were they were talking about um, how they they go out with first responders to test their their system, right? And they had been on many calls. With first responders, usually fire, search and rescue. And by the way, search and rescue is eligible for this um, program too, Jerry. Just in case you're interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've been to many instances because they do have vehicles that um, go out and create mobile hotspots. Um, they can create um, they can create super super Wi-Fi networks. Um, and they that we were discussing about going out in the desert and hiking without water and they said they couldn't believe the amount of occurrences that existed with people who would go and not have any water it was it was amazing and they ran across they actually started carrying water in their vehicles now cool you know cases of water because they were running across so many people that would take on this this venture and not be prepared if you're going to go hunting you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go hiking or biking, you know, just make sure you're prepared. If you're gonna be hunting, you're gonna be out there for three or four days, you know, trying to get an elk or, or it's probably deer season right now, right? Um, 
trying to get the deer, get that it's all loose of deer. That, yeah, is it everything? Uh, all that get that all loose of deer and elk that will only cost you about forty three dollars a pound for the meat. <laughs> I used to do it. <laughs> uh, I used to go hunt, um, but I don't anymore. So, um, but make sure that you have, you know, you are prepared to be there for that time frame. And don't, re- and, you know, Jerry talks about, and we talk about this all the time, you know, being prepared with your vehicle. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than being out hunting and wanting to go home after, you know, spending four days or the weekend anyways out there hunting and the truck won't start. Boy, there ain't nothing that's going to make you more infuriated. Especially at five o'clock at night and you want, and you're ready to leave and you're stuck. So, um, in that case, you know, it would behoove you to have, the extra water that you need while you wait for somebody to come get you. <laughs> That's what I got to say on that, Jerry. The biggest thing I've seen out there is in with hunting, especially the vehicles. If you're running up in the White Mountains and you're running down these logging trails and you've got some snow and you run across a uh, a little bump in the road, and uh, it's been more on Chevrolets than anything else because the exposure of the small black uh, oil filter it would knock the oil filter off. And when I was up there hunting and I seen these uh, oil filters laying on the road, you know, in the snow because they didn't bother to pick them up. Um, but if you're going to be traveling in the, sh- in the snow and for your little emergency kit on the vehicle, take a quart of transmission fluid at least and take you uh, about four quarts of engine oil and that should give you enough uh, oil to at least get back out. But carry an oil filter with you on small blocks because they, I've seen them ripped off. I've seen about a half a dozen filters laid out there because they're running across the snow. They can't see the stumps that they're running across, and they go through the heavy snow, and it, it rips off the oil filter. The other thing that I've seen out, because I used to hunt a lot, is um, the spare tires. They'll have a spare tire under their back end of their truck. Well, they've, all the tires on the truck are brand new. And so you hit a sharp something under the snow or on the rough road that you're traveling on and it cuts your uh, tire. Then you get out and you start to take down your spare tire and you forget that you had a lock on it. It's already corroded, so you can't get that off very easily. And then you get your tire out, and that thing has no air in it, or it'll have 10 pounds of air in it. And then the tire is so old, as soon as it rotates, it starts coming apart. So make sure of your emergency stuff that you're taking with you. Carry five gallons of water, yeah, fuel economy is not going to be good in a truck because you're carrying all this extra load. But fuel economy is the last thing you're going to be worried about if you get out there and you break down. You need the equipment to get your hind end out of the field and back home. Spare tire, duct tape, black electrician's tape, uh, enough water to fill up a radiator if you rip a hose off or have a hose explode, Uh, a small uh, handset of tools. You don't need to overhaul an engine. You just need to be able to have a pair of pliers and a common screwdriver, a flathead screwdriver, a pair of side cutters, um, you know, and if you've got, take you some wire with you, just wire, you know, in case you rip off a muffler or something, you can tie up the muffler and exhaust system under your truck without it ripping all apart. 
So there's a lot of small things that you can do that seem kind of stupid until you need it and you don't have it. Let Christians take the black good tape and duct tape, believe it or not, duct tape, does it, it, it's, it's a miracle. And uh, that stuff you can use to help you get out of a jam. But if you've got a serpentine belt or you've got, you know, I carry a spare serpentine belt, you know, and I try to carry enough equipment to release the tension on it so that I can get it changed. But uh, that, when you're out, any V-belts that you have, take a set of V-belts with you, just throw them in there. If you don't need them, you don't need them. But if you need them and don't have them, you'll wish you'd kept them, as that you'd have put them in there. Real critical, it's the little stuff that normally if you had it checked out in the garage, they will check it and look at it. But if you run across something where you rip it out while you're out, you need something to replace it with. So, And you'll if you've been hunting for a while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Just don't get complacent and forget to check it. Make it right. Sit down and write yourself a check sheet on it. And then follow your checkout. Make sure you got it. And don't wait till the day before you leave to do this stuff. It needs to be done about two weeks in advance of you taking a trip, just in case you run across something that's unexpected and a differential that's starting to uh, go out or something that you haven't anticipated. And just have this thing checked out good prior to going out on these uh, long trips, hunting trips, going to the snow up in the mountains, play at sunrise. And if you check your all your equipment, especially your spare tires, the stuff, that you can't see with the, with the unless you're looking for it. And what could happen if? If you play the what happens if, you'll be safe when you go. So that's, uh, you'll be as safe as we can possibly get you to be safe. And you say, well, I don't know how to change anything anyway, so I don't need any tools. Get your little emergency tool case and put it in your trunk and take it with you. You may not know anything about it. But maybe somebody out there, and most of the hunters have been there and done that anyway, and there are still people that will stop and help you on the side of the road, but they may not be carrying tools. You may be carrying just the tools that they need, the little safety stuff, and the little screwdrivers, the pair of pliers, the adjustable wrench, things like that. And they can get you out of trouble and get you back on the road. Uh, once again, I've got four family four packs for the first four callers to Tucson Speedway tonight. It is trunk and treat time at five o'clock for the kids. It is the final points race of the season until the turkey shoot in later November. <coughs> but it will be a good show. It will be a good show for the first four callers, 520-719-1490. And you'll you'll enjoy the show. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a real good one. It should be a lot of cars. All right. So anything you want to add to the emergency kit, Jim, or anything that you can think of that I missed? Oh, just a quick note. Um, those are all really great recommendations. Um, what I would recommend also is um, when you get home, take it out. Take it out of the back of your truck. Put it away. You'll have it for next time. Um, cause <laughs> I know I have, <laughs> you let that duct tape roll around the back of the bed of your truck for about a year. 
pretty much it's junk. <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer any good. So um, if you pick it up and take it out and set it in your garage or inside the house or someplace, you know, gives you two things. One, before you leave again, you have pretty much everything you need in your in your in your breakout bag, so to speak. You know, all ready to go. Plus, you can go through it real quick. Oh, mm-hmm. my duct tape's in there, or I used it all the last time. To, you know, to tape my hunting partner's mouth shut because he wouldn't shut up. You know, <laughs> it hasn't been used in the past. I know I've seen it. <laughs> but uh, it lets you replenish anything you're out of. Plus, you, you know, you're going to keep it pretty fresh, you know. Keep it fresh, and then it's a real quick. You throw it in the truck, boom, I've got – I checked that off my list, and we're good to go. Um, spare tires. Jerry touched on this. This is real critical. I was working on a vehicle the other day, and um, – I was, you know, I'm underneath it, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to check the, the spare tire, and it was flat. Well, we'll say saving, save, saving spare, right? Space, save or space spare. Or oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was flat. Flat as a board. The donut. Oh, air this thing up. The donut, yeah. So I'm trying to air it up, and it won't air up. I'm like, well, what's wrong with this thing? You know, and I'm putting my hands around, and I can feel it's not off the bead, and, I'm, and I can hear it leaking air. And I'm looking at it, and it's brand new. It's never been used. You know, it's never been on the ground. And I run my hand around it, and it had blown out, just sitting under the car. It had there was a big old blowout mm-hmm. in it. It had just from mm-hmm. being sitting under the vehicle for well for however long it'd been there, probably ten years. So if you do a quick check and you find out that it's flat, you know, before you leave, because the tire failed because it was an old tire and it just you know gave up the ghost. Um, take it down and get it replaced before you go. Don't assume that it's going to be good. And that's because as soon as you go out there and put that down on the ground, well, that was, you wasted a bunch of time on a tire that's flat. And I I know that you think you could drive for a long distance on a flat tire or a flat rim, but I've done it. And I will tell you, that uh, in particular aluminums, which will fail much quicker than steel, um, it will eventually the t- the rim will wear down. It will it will forge itself around the brake caliper, and you the to the point where the wheel is actually uh, stuck on top of the caliper. That's how bad they'll get. So if you think you can just drive out on a flat, um, if you're going if you're going 200 feet, probably not a problem. If you're going a couple miles, probably not going to make it. And it will it will get you, and you'll stop because you will not be able to hold whatever whatever position it's on. If it's on the back, it'll it'll forge around to the to the drum to where you it's it's flat and it won't go anymore. The truck will spin. And if it's on the front, it'll it'll stop the steering, and you cannot hold it enough to make it go. You it, you cannot hold it enough to slide it along the ground. And I've tried it. Trust me, I've tried it, and I've had the wheel yanked right out of my hand on a flat tire on a, on a rim that went bad so um really critical those tires are really really critical um and i've done it more than once mm. so you guys know i've done it more than once driving a vehicle with flat tires out of the desert and had had that experience so check your spare well, really you're, important. you're, you're abs- absolutely correct on that my friend absolutely correct and if you're for you uh, guys that are going hunting, if you're looking for a uh, RV or something to pull behind, 
DesertRV.com, DesertRV.com. If you're looking for a tow vehicle to pull that thing with, LensAutoBrokerage.com, LensAutoBrokerage.com. And they have the trucks and stuff, and then Desert RV has all the toy haulers. They have all, uh, they have just about everything you're looking for in an RV. Both uh, websites are easy to negotiate. Um, they have everything listed. You can find out what's available, what's big enough, and then if you want to go kick a tire, you just you the address is there. You just read the address, go down and kick a tire, or give them a call and find out what's available. Or if they have a certain vehicle that you're looking for that they haven't had a chance to post yet or one that's coming in or something like that. So, and by the way, if you're buying a pre-owned vehicle, be sure and get it checked out. Take it to your favorite shop and say, okay, I'm going to buy this vehicle. I'm looking to buy this vehicle. I want you to check it out to make sure that I'm getting what I actually think I'm getting. Uh, it is a pre-owned vehicle. I have only checked out probably less than a half a dozen in 46 years that we didn't find something. It may be nothing but windshield wiper blades, but we found something. And when you take it into a, a good garage and have it checked out, you expect them to find something because it's a pre-owned vehicle. And so when you they check it out and say, okay, well, you need about $1,500 worth of work. Well, look at the price that you're paying for it and see if it's going to be still worth it if you put $1,500 additional in to bring it up to your standards. So uh, just when you're buying a pre-owned vehicle, you're going to pay a premium price for them right now. I'll tell you that. So get it checked out. Get a pre-purchase on it so that you don't buy something that's gorgeous that's going to break down in about, you know, within – 200, 300, or 500 miles. You need to know this up front. And uh, it's also a decent uh, negotiating tool. So if, get it in writing. It don't say, well, you know, this garage said, oh, you might need this or you will need this. No, that garage should be able to put that thing in writing for you. And then you'll have it. And then if the dealership that you're dealing with or somebody says, well, Where'd you have it checked out? Hand them the piece of paper that shows what it was. Let them go back in with their technician, if they have one on premise, and have it checked for you. And just be safe because you're going to spend some good, honest, hard-earned money to get your hands on these used vehicles now. So that's my recommendation for that one. And I don't, you know, the car lots, they buy them at auctions. They buy, uh, I mean, they, and they'll do a quick check and they'll detail it and be real nice and pretty. But as far as how deep they go in for the runnability, how deep they go in for the transmission operation, the differential gear lubes, the differential sounds and stuff, you need to get that done by, uh, just get a second opinion on it. Don't trust your own opinion. Get a second opinion on it. You've got yours. You like the color. Okay, so you like the color. Is it going to run or is it going to be a flower pot? There's a difference. So you can go to you can go to Parker Automotive and get it checked. You can go to uh, to Brian Fuller's place, automotive specialist, have it checked out. You can bring it to Simmons. Or you can go to your own shop, the one that you've been using. Tell them it's a pre-purchase. You need it checked out. And then that hopefully that will save you a lot of aggravation. One other little thing that I want you to start checking on the uh, 
vehicles. Simmons Drive Shaft Specialist. We have a specialist shop, which is nothing but drive shaft. And right now, there's problems with late model trucks uh, that I can't remember which which model it was. I was reading about it, but they have a vibration in it that is caused by drive shaft because the drive shaft's 92 inches long, which is huge. And evidently, the tube size it creates a whipping effect on the bottom. It shows its balance, but it's just too dead gone long. And when it goes down the road, it does start a whipping effect. Okay, that can be fixed, it, but it's 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 not a cheap fix, but it can be fixed. And so the new truck that I'm struggling to come up with the name of it that has this little problem with it. Uh, you know, those, the trucks can be fixed. I know in 1985 we were around and Nissan or Datsun at that time had a Datsun dealership had a bunch of problems with the 85 King cabs that you brought out. And we fixed about probably 25 of them brand new they, before the, uh, we fixed about three of them under the Datsun warranty in order to get that out of it. And then we fixed a bunch of others that they had done, their new trucks that we worked on and corrected for whatever hit the street. So it's real critical for you guys out there hunting. If you blow a U-joint, and he, the guys that run across stumps and take out the rear shaft know it, if you have a bolt-on flange on the back of the transfer case, a bolt-on flange that goes on there, it's called a yoke. If it's bolted on, you can actually pull that drive shaft out of the back end, put it in the bed of the truck, lock the front drive shaft in, and bring it out of there. But uh, you need to have your, uh, when the guys are looking at it for your pre-inspection to go hunting or anything like that, tell them to check the U-joints. They're out of sight, out of mind. If there's any brown dust, just look like dust, around the U-joint, that U-joint is getting ready to come apart. Have that U-joints or the U-joints changed? And they say, well, it's only around the rear, the rear U-joint. Uh, yeah. How about uh, the front U-joint has turned the exact same revolutions as the rear U-joint? Have them changed. Have the U-joints changed. Have them check the center support bearing to make sure that the rubber that holds it and allows it to move and then go back into running position is not worn out or cracked or broken. And have everything inspected so that when you go out, and if you don't hit a tree stump, you can get back. Because if you've got powder coming out around that dust, a sustained run will eventually get you out. It starts with a squeak, a click, and a clunk in that order. A squeak, click, and a clunk. The squeak will tell you that it's a dry bearing. A clunk will tell you it's 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 getting ready to come out. So, and then when it comes out, you don't want that coming out on running down the freeway. You don't want it coming out anywhere. If it comes out in the field, you got a problem. Most of the late model stuff has a slip-in rear yoke that goes into the transfer case because on the um, short beds or one-piece shaft. Uh, so when you go in and you blow a rear U-joint and you pull the shaft out, it's going to pump all the fluid out of the transfer case. 
So it's, you know, it's got you both ways. So if you have a bolt-on flange, you're fortunate. That's the best way if you're going to blow a U-joint. But if you don't, you're going to you're going to bleed your transfer case. So, and trust me, that's from a guy that's been in the business a long time and in drive shaft over almost 47 years. So, seen it, seen it over and over and over. So, hundred thousand miles on a truck get the U joints inspected because. It's 100,000 miles, and if you tow with it, get it inspected every time you take it into a shop to have service done on it. Oil change service, 5,000, 7,500, have them check your U-joints. And if it's not a specialty shop like mine is, uh, they won't even know to take a look at the U-joints. They may not even recognize the symptoms that the U-joint is getting ready to come apart. So tell them, look for the dust, look for the brown rust. Look like brown rust around the end of the cap on the U-joints, and that'll help them. So, all right, that's all I got to say about the U-joints and drive shafts. And if you're, I want if, everybody to check them. If, if, Go ahead, Jim. If you have a, multi, if you have a U-joint, uh, drive shaft with a carrier bearing, um, it's really hard to diagnose sometimes. But check the rubber around it. If it looks like it's slipped or looks like rubber's going to go bad, um, and that carrier bearing seizes up, it's just going to spin in there, and then it's going to throw the shaft out. Um, yeah, and uh, absolutely, re- replacing a carrier bearing is not—it's not the funnest thing to do because they're pressed on, and it's kind of a pain to get yep. them off. So um, check it before you go. When you, when, the drive when you're in, when you're inspecting a center support bearing. Reach, grab the drive shaft while you're laying there on your back on your little creeper or if it's a funnel rack or something, but just move the drive shaft up and down in the rubber insulator. Just move it up and down. If you can see daylight anywhere around that thing when you're picking it up and putting it back down, if it moves like a quarter of an inch or half an inch, it's getting ready to go out. It's already it's it's already running out of balance. You should have a vibration going with it anyway, especially under acceleration. That's when the torque hits the center support bearing. If the rubber is bad in the center support bearing, it will allow it to go up to a degree that it changes the running of the U-joints, the rotation of the U-joints. You're only running with about nine degrees or well, actually about three and a half. You've got a maximum. If you've got a CV joint up front, it's running around 13. So it, and it's double U-joints up front in the Cardone uh, front assembly. But all of those, and on the front drive shaft, it does have a grease dirt in the center of the, the two U-joints. You can't find it unless you dig it out. There is one in there. It's a little flat greaser that takes a special tool. It, it's called a needle valve at, to lube that. But that's the first thing on that front U-joint that actually gets camouflaged with the dirt and stuff coming off the road. You'll look at it. You'll spin it around. And say, well, it, I don't have one. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. <laughs> we take a little pick and we pick it out and show you. Yes, you do. Oh, I didn't know they put that in. That one, when that son of a gun goes out, you're looking around uh, 200 depending on the damage, 200 bucks, 250 bucks, somewhere around there. 
because everything has to be changed out. You know, if it takes out the ball stud or the the uh, the probe for the ball stud, which it will when it dries out, uh, then you have to have a, a tube yoke with that stud on it, and then you have to rebuild the entire thing. So have your drive shafts checked, especially if you do a lot of running in the water. Uh, the front drive shaft don't work as hard unless it's full time. Doesn't work as hard as the back ones do. But, uh, that's, that's real critical. But that center support bearing, like Jim was saying, if that rubber is worn out and it shrinks in Arizona because of the heat, it'll dry out, it'll wear out, you'll start having slop, it, and you'll first notice it when you accelerate to pull away from a dead stop. When you first, it'll, it'll, It'll make a weird sound. I mean, it'll 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 shudder. And if the splines on the shaft, that the back spline that goes into the front shaft, if it is uh, dry, it'll actually bind and then clunk all of a sudden. It just go boom. And that is there's no grease on those splines so that they can slip in and out. They move about an inch, but they have to move. Ford come out with a glide coat, which is a blue. And the blue on the spline, it's like a, a, a ceramic coating or something. That wears out because of lack of lube. So they have to be serviced. If it's got a grease zert on the drive shafts, by all means, lube those son of a guns. Every time you do an oil service, lube anything and everything that has a grease dirt on it, and that'll prolong the agony. So you should be happy. You joints, if you keep them lubed, uh, and most of them, they come pre-sealed without the lube. I think that's so they can sell you U joints. But um, <laughs> if you have them replaced, have them replaceable with heavy-duty uh Grease, grease zerts and with it, and then put grease in them. Don't just drive them for three or four years without the grease in it and say, oh, a, it was a bad U-joint. No, it's a high, heavy-duty U-joint, and it's got a grease zert in it for a reason, to keep the grease fresh in it and to keep it serviced so it operates like it's designed to do. So, and I can do I can do two hours on drive shafts, but I'm not going to do it because it'll lose it'll lose it. But a vibration of a drive shaft, we we balance drive shafts to one gram, twelve gram, thirteen gram is basically from the factory. They say, oh, if it's within thirteen grams, you can balance it; it'll be fine. We balance it down to one gram. A dollar bill weighs one gram. Because if you're twisting that thing up 75 miles an hour out on the road, that drive shaft is running faster than 75 miles an hour because it's a little circumference. Your wheels are measuring the road speed. The drive shaft is what? Three or four inch, three or four inches around. I mean, it's almost well, like figure, a turbo under there. Figure the overdrive ratio. So you know, if you're doing 75, the drive shaft's probably doing 90 or 100. You figure if you're doing you know, 1,500 to 2,000 RPMs, the drive shaft's doing 25 to 2,800 RPMs. So it's it's mm-hmm. moving right along. And uh, a oh, quick yeah. note on your on install, installing the drive shaft, the U-joint, I know they come with grease mm-hmm. in them, 
that's just assembly grease. Mm -hmm. You need to actually push. That's exactly right. You get them installed. (laughs) So it it just holds them together. You actually have to (laughs) grease them when you get done. (laughs) Because people forget to do that. They get all done with the whole project and they get it installed and they're all, they're very proud of themselves. You can actually put the grease gun on there and put grease in them. That's right. Uh, Because it has a preservative grease put on it and keeps them rusting. Oh, yeah. No, you're right on the money. And U-joints are not the same. U-joints are not the same. That's right. I've seen lots of them fall apart by being recently installed and not greasing them. So when – and I don't know if anybody's ever experienced in the listener audience. I have. Because I've seen it, experienced the dry shaft that comes out at 75. Folks, that's like an egg beater going around at Mach 7. It will light you up. You will think you will think that the world is actually falling apart because it is horrendous. For about, depending on what you have, if you have a, a regular single shaft that goes into it, that slips the yoke in the transmission or transfer case, it lasts about 10 seconds, and then the shaft goes flying out. So, but before that, it comes around there and beats the frame rails, the the bed, the ground. It 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 is fuel lines, brake lines, fuel lines, brake lines. Yeah, it everything is, and it just wipes things. I mean, it literally you can destroy a vehicle. I've seen frames bent from drive shaft damage. You'll actually see them bowed out, and 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 uh, frame uh, rails just bent to pieces. Holes in beds. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. is bad because you're winging this thing around. That you know, basically, we're talking about a drive shaft that's at minimum a four foot long, maximum eight feet, seven feet long. You're swinging that thing around like a like a a rope with a with a five pound weight on it. Imagine doing that at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, it causes a lot of damage. In a semi truck, it's 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 really bad. It's really I've seen them cut frames well, around. But oh, they're horrible. We've seen them come in and uh, out of the semis, and they'll have a jack shaft. It's supposed to be about looks like a, if my memory served me correctly, um, about thirty inches maybe, and it will be shrunk in, and the the tube will be twisted up so tight that your jack shaft will be about a foot long. That's when we have to have an application so that we can find out what size it's supposed to be. But um, they're they're dangerous. Uh, they're out of sight, totally out of mind. And if you take care of them, they'll last a long time. If you have a and then when people will do it yourself and say, "Oh, I can put these U joints in myself," so they go down and get a seven dollar fifty cent U joint and put it in. We had a client walk in the door, and he said, I am so tired of changing U-joints. And I said, uh, I looked at his U-joints, and I said, okay, come here. I want to show you something. I took him back there to our metal barrel, and I I started pulling out U-joints that had broken. And I said, this is what you have in your drive shaft. This is what you've been putting in there, and this is how they're made. This is how they should be made. And I'll pull him another uh, heavy-duty U-joint and show him this is what they look like versus what you've got. And then you put him, upgrade him to the good U-joints, he has no more problems. And then another thing that people don't understand is when you put a U-joint in a uh, yoke, 
you have to actually center the U-joint. You say, oh, my God, how do I do that? Well, the last cap you put on it, and you put the retainer in it, the clip on the outside or the inside, if it's a GM, and then you take a hammer and very carefully, the last cap that goes on in the yoke you grab a hold to the end of the or the other two trunnions on the U-joint, and you see if you can move them freely inside the caps. If they don't move freely, that means that they're bound up. That means you're going to have a short life on that U-joint. Take the hammer and hit it right under where they put the last cap on it, on the end of the yoke, not enough to bend the darn yoke because all you're doing is centering it. You're bringing it right back to you. And then you tap it, and then you grab a hold of the trunnion again. You see if it moves freely. If it moves in detent, you haven't completed the job. And, uh, you know, be careful what size hammer you use because you don't want to mess up the yoke where the U-joint caps go in. I've seen that done on them. So if you'll do that, then when you put it in, it won't vibrate because the by installing U-joints improper in a drive shaft, one that didn't shake before will shake. That's the reason when we balance drive shafts, we balance them with the U-joints on the shaft. And we can balance a three-piece shaft by computer at one time. We do a lot of modifications where people would come in. They did one on my Dodge. They said, well, you know, if you got a left rotating weight like uh, an iron drive shaft, then you can get better with an aluminum drive shaft. So we went with an aluminum drive shaft. The regular drive shafts were three inch. The aluminum was four and a half because of the distance and because that's what they required for the aluminum. It's a lighter metal. And so we put up a, a big drive shaft. It looked, it looked funny actually when they put it in the truck. Uh, and I tested the aluminum shaft with my diesel. And I had no problems whatsoever with it, but it was balanced down to a perfect. And so you can go from a metal to an aluminum if that's what you want. Will it save fuel? I never noticed any difference in my fuel economy on my diesel by having that aluminum drive shaft in there. I did find out, and for test purposes for the shop, that that aluminum shaft will stand up to what I was doing with my diesel truck, whatever I towed, and it worked fine. But it has to be a certain tube size. You can't just say, okay, well, that's three inch. I'm going to put another three inch tube in it. It's going to be aluminum. Nope, you're not, because it don't work. So anything you do, it has to be measured. You know, it's, it's engineering. You've got to know what you're doing. You better have a chart that tells you what length is when you have to step it up to the next size. And, or you better have it in your head or computer access in order to get these things right the first time when they go out. It takes a different U-joint for aluminum than it does for metal. And it, you know, so it's, it's a modification, but it can be done. You can actually take a Chevrolet truck and put a Dodge U-joint in it. They make all sorts of adapter U-joints. And if they don't make adapter U-joints, you can always cut the yoke off, put another yoke on it and Fit it with a, a Chevrolet U-joint, Chevrolet yoke. And then it's, you don't have to buy an adapter U-joint when it goes out because they're a little more expensive than the regular U-joints.
But that's the cheaper way on the initial way to do it without changing the yoke. So, yeah, it, it, anything, we, like I said, Simmons Driveshaft Specialist, there's a reason it's called Driveshaft Specialist. I don't think we have ever seen something come in that we haven't seen over and over and over and over. We make a lot of race car drive shafts based on horsepower and what it actually turns in a quarter of a mile based on, well, the horsepower in the engine, the gear ratios, everything is a player. Wade has played with these high-performance cars. He knows what you've got to have, and he he can build them. We built a drive shaft for a guy that run 206 mile an hour in a quarter of a mile without any vibration. He had a uh, real fancy drive shaft that blew out on him out there, and he was out of Colorado. We fixed this on his uh, pro, pro comp car, and it runs so good that um, he picked up our stickers and put them on his car hauler. It looked like a NASCAR car hauler and invited us out to the track. He said, you come to the main gate, we'll send a car over to get you. We'll send a little golf cart out to pick you up and bring you over here. But 209 mile an hour through the traps with no vibration whatsoever. So, yeah, we can build them. So, Simmons Drive Shaft Specialist, that's enough on the pro on that. But I hope you uh, picked up some ideas about your U-joints and don't take everything for granted under there. You do, you get in trouble. You're 100,000 miles, carrier bearings that are good ones, that come OE, is a little better quality than what the aftermarkets are. However, the aftermarkets that we use come from the East Coast, from a manufacturer that deals with heavy trucks. And they are, they're quality center support bearings. So you can get those and you can be happy. All right. Where are we at, Jim? We got about 15 one minutes. Thing. One last thing on that. Go ahead. <laughs> not to beat this to death, but uh, just because you have We're a front-wheel drive and you run. Okay, just because you have a front-wheel drive and you have uh, CV joints, you are not exempt. They fail, too. I know you can't see them. Absolutely. Uh, a lot harder to inspect, but they fail just as bad as, as a regular drive shaft or a drive shaft with a CV joint on it. Um, so when, mm-hmm. like Jerry said, when you hear that clicking and popping, uh, it's going to stop. Um, and when the, yeah, boy. the CV joint, when the CV joint fails and finally throws all the bearings out and the car won't go anymore and you're revving it up thinking it's going to go somewhere. Um, it again is also flailing around. Um, it causes a lot of stress on your, on your transaxle. So, um, yes, and when you hear it starting to pop, the, you know, you need to stop. You need to start the, thinking about getting that looked at because it's going gonna, it's gonna to break. The best way to inspect a CV drive axle up front, which is a tor- called a torque axle, and you can look at the boot around it and see if there's any grease coming out of that boot. If the boot is flat and it doesn't feel like it's got anything in it, you can actually get a needle, a hypodermic needle fitting that goes on the end of a grease gun and insert it in that boot and fill that boot. Just You don't overdo it. You just put some grease back in it so that you feel comfortable it's got grease. And then you can take a... Um, uh, like, uh, you know, 
any kind of sealant and put it over the little uh, injection point. But the injection point is not going to leak that much out if you put regular grease in it to service that axle. When you start doing that, because a dry, if you've got a ripped boot on that thing, that means that the dirt and stuff has already got in there. According to the manufacturer, you have eight hours of drive time on that U-joint before you, uh, that coupler in there before it actually starts coming apart. A bunch of little ball bearings around there. It's kind of fancy, uh, but it does require grease. And if you put dirt in there open with the grease, then you have created a, a sandpaper effect. So when you're having your vehicle inspected or take it in for service, make sure that the people look at these things, something as simple as a boot. If you've got a, a crack in the boot, it may have been a long time and it's already thrown the stuff out. You think, well, this is no big problem, you know, but I've got this unexplained vibration that I can't pick up. I diagnosed one 2,300 miles away and for a shop that had this problem and they couldn't find the vibration. And to me, it was, I mean, since I've been doing it so long, it was easy. It's a front drive axle. And sure enough, they went in and pulled the front drive axle, had to replace the front drive axle because it's completely worn out. But they wasn't a hot rodder, and so it was showing up as a intermittent type thing, or they wasn't paying close enough attention because I know how those things move around when they get dry and they start losing the ball bearings in there. So everything... Everything is, sometimes you just need a specialist on this stuff to keep you out of trouble. I mean, when you get in trouble with your TV or your uh, all your electronic equipment or your computer, your laptop, your cell phone, you go to a specialist to find out what's going on. And sometimes you just have to do that. But you can, there's a lot of things you can see yourself, you know, like on the computers. I, I laugh my hind end off. You'll have people that actually go into a shop with a computer and they plug it in and it works perfect. And they can't figure out what happened. And then a guy say, oh, crap. That's right. When I brought this thing in, I did not unplug it. It was already unplugged. So you have to make sure that the basics are taken care of. Then you can't figure it out. You take it in and have a professional look at it. So that's the short version. All right, what else would you like to add on that? We're almost out of time again. I better get some of these other advertisers in. Jesus Christ, uh, man. That's what I, that's what well, I was Jim, just going to say. <laughs> yeah. Automotive specialist, Mr. Test First Don't Guest, 520-572-1734 is, a shop num- is his cell number. No, it's the shop number. 520-237-3852 is Brian's cell number. Mr. Test First Don't Guess. He's buried in diesel repairs. He told me that anybody that owns a diesel has this diff system on it, better get ready because they do go out. The parts are hard to get as far as the actuators and little plugs that fires that thing off. And he said they are, I'm glad I have one that don't have it. So Brian was whining about that, rightfully so. He sees it. It costs a lot of money to fix the depth systems on these diesels. Um, excellent shop. Uh, he's located over on um, Ina Road behind uh, – here, I'll give it to you. Da, 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 da. 3611 West Ina Road, Suite 101. 
Meredith and Ina. Yeah. Um, Merle's Auto, the big guys, the big store. Go to Merle'sAuto.com. They have 10 stores in Tucson. They have them scattered out all over the state. Um, they have them down in uh, Marinci, have them in Sierra Vista, have them in Globe, have them in Casa Grande, have them in Green Valley. And they make a daily run to the big Tucson Wirehouse. Uh, they're the real deal. They got foreign, domestic, and 18-wheeler parts. Um, you just, as far as I'm concerned, you just can't beat them. Go to MerlesAuto.com, find a location nearest you, give them a shout. They are open on Saturday. Real good about helping you find a part that you can't figure out. Parker Automotive, AZ.com. ParkerAutoAZ.com. 5101 East Speedway, 520-323-1960. This is a full service auto repair center. They even they have tires. They get you tires, uh, front end alignments. They got the big fancy machine like Brian has and like Simmons has. Um, excellent shop, excellent shop. I did a referral to them last week because we're so busy I couldn't get to them. And I got to report back yesterday morning at breakfast because it was a guy from a business club, and he was tickled to death with them. Parker Automotive, AZ.com. Um, Simmons Drive Shaft already covered that. Uh, let's see. I think we've got about everybody. Have I, have I missed anybody, Jim? I think you got you, see, you got you got Lens in there. You got Spectrum, Minor Road. You got Merle's, Brian, me, uh, you and, and Parker. I think you got them all. We got them all. All right. I'm, I feel good. Now, the ones I've, we only got about, uh, five, six minutes left. Uh, 520-719-1490. And that is for the Tucson Speedway four family packs, colors one through four. It's trunk or treat night at the raceway. It starts at 5 p.m. for the kids. And they, I mean, this thing is done up first class for that trunk or treat thing. You get to go down and into the pit area, and these guys have all sorts of stuff sitting all over their cars. I mean, it is, it's really fun. And it's a final points race of the season, and I'll guarantee it'll be a good show. It'll, you just, you'll enjoy the heck out of it. The weather's going to be perfect. Just go enjoy it. But callers one through four. 520-719-1490. 520-719-1490 and get in on this. These tickets are about $65 a piece. So get your free ticket and go out and enjoy the show. Uh, in closing, in, in closing, since we're going to be there shortly, uh, today we have went across, uh, diesel fuel prices up. All in favor, right? All in favor of fuel. Fuel mileage, raise your right foot. That is the biggest thing I can tell you, and change the air filter and lighten the load as possible. In other words, don't carry enough to rebuild an engine. Don't carry a 5,000-pound toolbox in it if you don't need it. Uh, <coughs> Ford Motor Company, I read an article on that. Ford quality issues is number one. That's what they're dealing with, and I don't see why they're dealing any different than anybody else. It seems like everybody's got a, a buttload of recalls out there. So, and the low inventory, low vehicle inventory, the semiconductor shortage, and 
natural disasters and 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 inflation pressures are will create auto industry premium increase um, battery technology they're using the electrolyte i mean the um, dielectric fluid now to test for the electric batteries to keep them cool and non-transfer of electricity it's hunting season are you guys ready check your vehicles winterize your vehicles especially if you're going to go play in the snow change the u-joints check the u-joints on these vehicles without a u-joint and a drive line on the front or rear and if you only got a rear the U-joints have got to be good because when you go down, you will be calling Frontier Towing to come and get you because there is no option, okay? Um, and bicycles, we've said about uh, covered bicycles early in the first hour. There's a lot of bicycles on the road. There's going to be a lot more as the Tour de Tucson comes to be. And so it takes a little, uh, just patience and a little respect for the guy that's driving a bicycle because the bicycle weighs about eh, 30 pounds on the top end, 15 pounds, eight pounds on the bottom end. You got a person sitting on the top of it. Your vehicle will weigh anywhere between about 3,200 pounds to 10,000 plus. So, you know, you don't want to hit anybody on the bicycle because the bicycle is going to lose. And you didn't do it, you know, hopefully everybody pays attention. Okay. And um, so far as electric cars, I don't have any more electric cars. I will say the election's coming up, so vote, 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 vote. And for the ones of you that are getting those tickets tonight, I want to wish you a very successful race. Go out there and yell for your favorite. Take the kids. Have them enjoy that uh that little trunk to treat, and that that's a good, safe way to have a Halloween treat, and I really don't think you're going to find any Sentinel or anything like that out there. I think these guys are a little above that. <laughs> so it should be good for you, but hopefully you have a nice, nice night at the races. Jim, parting words? Oh, just uh, remember, folks, it's, it is super safe Saturday. So that means slow down and move over. And um, even if somebody is not following those rules, you still need to. You still have to. Um, I know people make, make stupid driving decisions every single day. Well, you got to take that into account when you're driving on the road. So just make sure that, that you take that into account and, and, and shrug your head and go on. There's no need to get excited about it. Just uh, grin and bear it because it's going to happen every single day. Other than That's that, right. um, use, your, use, the, <laughs> yeah, use, your, use your jack stands, use your safety glasses, disconnect your battery, use your hood props. Jerry, as always, a pleasure Absolutely. being on with you. I hope, hope you have a great weekend. Everybody, have a great weekend. Thanks, Jim. All right, buddy. Until next week, God bless. We'll talk to you then. Be safe. Bye-bye.